Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and I'm desperately trying to get the pod finished this week before the trouble starts and of course you're not really going to understand what that means but I will get into it in a little bit more detail uh, as we go through. So to enable me to get done before the trouble starts let's just have a bit of that uh, that jangly guitar. <laughs> This is actually something that happened yesterday. Um, And I found myself um, sat um, with a cup of coffee um, with my phone, doing that weird thing that you do um, with a phone where when you're kind of messing with it, but you don't really know why you're you're messing with it. So I'm probably like a load of people. I'm fairly OCD with notifications so um i don't have notifications turned on for many things but i've got it turned on for things like whatsapp i've got it turned on for you know for messages and for email and those kind of things so when you look at your phone and and there's that kind of moment of blind panic when you look and go oh grief i've got notifications on four apps i need to sort all that out so you do your kind of your admin your phone admin and you go and you check your email messages and you delete what you need to delete and decide if you need to act on anything and then you do the same with your you know, with whatever's on on uh, you know WhatsApp or messages or LinkedIn or whatever it might be, and and you know I'll look back at my phone and if my phone is you know has got nothing alerting me to the fact I've got to do something, then I that you know it's it's, it's like I've done my side, if I kept my side of the bargain. Um, but once you've done that, you might also find yourself sat there thinking, well. I what am I going to do you know what shall I do with my I've got this device that does all of these things what am I I'm going to do so I tend to I'll randomly open and close apps for no real reason uh just find myself going through pressing a few things like I'm checking things when I don't really have a reason to do it but just just it's it's habitual almost almost a kind of nervous twitch really and I was doing this um yesterday and I'm 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 kind of hoping it's got a name I'm kind of hoping somebody can point me to the thing in the urban dictionary of what's this called where you sit and you open up apps when you've no real reason to just because you've got your phone and as I say it's it's a bit of a twitch and I opened up the crypto uh, app the crypto.com app um just to check on the balance of my crypto now if you remember far enough back in the story um i i got some some money um and and i took the decision i somebody that was going to give me some cash i took the decision i'll take it in, in in crypto and i got it in a currency called crow or a token called crow and 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 i check it i mean the first few weeks i was checking it every day multiple times a day you know um because I've never really done shares or anything like that. So this was like vaguely exciting. Um, and then I've forgotten about it. Um, and it was a, about 125 quids worth. And it's always been worth more than it, it was when I when I got it. Uh, and it's gone up as high as sort of four or five hundred quid, and it's gone back down, and it's always it's kind of roughly hovered between two fifty and three fifty, which is, which is a great return on something. You know, it's a threefold increase on something. Um, you know, and it, and as I say, it's settled there, so that's fine. Um, and I checked it on Sunday and was astonished because it was worth a thousand and eighty six pounds, and I had that kind of little gibbery shaky moment where I was like. Ugh. Um, I've no intention of touching it. I, I've, I've always said with this, I'm just going to leave it, and you know, in 20 years' time, it it might buy me a boat. 
uh, or it might not be there at all. Um, but for the first time today, I did kind of get that feeling of, you know what, this might actually work out in the long term. This might be something, you know, that in, in 20 years time, the thing that was worth a few pence a token or less than a penny a token, I think, or whatever it was when I got it, if that suddenly became worth, you know, a couple of quid a token, then then that's a real, real massive, massive, massive increase. And and I don't know. I opened it up today, saw four figures, thought, ooh, it's happening. It's happening. Tuesday. I grew up watching a TV show called Minder, and Minder was, um, it was one of those shows, one of the first shows I remember watching that made me feel like I was um, getting grown up, because it dealt with things that, it was on at nine o'clock for a start, and because it had some swearing in it, and it dealt with sort of more adult-based topics, then uh, it being able to watch Minder felt like quite a, a grown-up thing to do. Uh, now, Minder was a program that had uh, um, a guy called George Cole in it who played uh, a kind of Cockney guy called um, um, Arthur Daly, who was a wheeler and dealer. He had a, he had a second-hand car lot, and he dealt in and out of, of kind of various nefarious goods. And he had a guy played by Dennis Waterman called Terry McCann, who was his minder. And essentially, he was his muscle. He went round and just made sure that he never got into any kind of sticky situations. And if they needed to collect a bit of cash, or they needed, or if 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 Arthur had got himself in a bit of a pickle, then Terry would be there just to check that you know nothing nothing untoward happened to to Arthur. And it was a fantastic show. It dealt with a lot of kind of um, beautifully stereo, slightly stereotypical characters. Then the police were in there, you know, portrayed a little bit as kind of you know bumbling people to 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 get one over on and every everybody was lovable rogues and and that kind of that kind of thing and it, and it you know it was one of those shows that just was you know when i was growing up it was it was one of those things that everybody seemed to agree was great and everybody enjoyed and watched but the thing about minder was it had a fantastic theme tune uh, and it was sung by Dennis Waterman, um, and it was uh, it was called "I Could Be So Good for You." And obviously, Minder ran for years and years and years and years and years. So consequently, the theme tune ran for years and years and years and years and years. And it was a kind of a uh, um, you know, it was a slightly sort of late seventies vibe. There's no doubt it had that you know kind of edge about it. But there was something about it with the horns and the kind of the the piano and what have you that just really really worked, and it was a it was a a really memorable memorable tune. And it was released as a single. I've got a sneaking suspicion we have the seven inch single uh, of this particular this particular track. So why am I telling you all this? Well, I'm telling you all this because um, I I was on a podcast this week with a guy called Chris Neal, and Chris Neal uh, was on a podcast because he produced a Marine album, and myself and Steve Hogarth were chatting to him. But Chris Neal, who it turned out was a big mate of Dennis Waterman's, produced this track, and it was just one of those things where you can't. This isn't thriller, or this isn't you know ab, or isn't something like that where you would go wow that guy produced dancing queen or wow that guy produced thriller or that guy produced whatever 
This in of itself is a very modest little thing, but because of the number of times it was played and because of the show, in my world, it was huge. So to meet the person who was there when they recorded that particular tune that would become that iconic was just really, really... It was special in one breath, but also it just had the effect of making me smile, um, as these little things often do. And by smile, I don't mean, oh, just smile. I mean, I've told loads of people about it and I've kind of grinned about it um, all week. So um, that's not a that's not a bad way to start your week. I'm trying to think it's probably worth thinking if you can find a, a, a typical example from from your life that would be that kind of thing. But for me, that's probably one of those those moments. I'll put the um, I'll put a link to uh, I found a, a clip of it on top of the pop. So I'll put a link to it uh, and it might ring a bell with with, with some of you. <laughs> Wednesday. Not content with pretty much upsetting everybody on sleaze, um, the um, the government's had a crack at pretty much annoying most people in the north uh, today with its announcement on HS2. I mean, there's a there's a there's a, a small group of people who've been quite pleased that the eastern leg of HS2 has been um, has been stopped, um, and and obviously that's mainly down to people for whom it was directly affecting. So people for whom the the eastern leg of of HS2 was going to actually impact on homes or what have you are very pleased at the uh, at the outcome and I can totally understand that um, you know uh, at, at the end of the day it's easy to decry nimbyism um, but if it happens to you you don't know how you would feel um, the only caveat to that particular argument is because this has been so long in the waking there's a trail of destruction of people whose home, homes have been either sold or that had compulsory purchase orders put on them for whom this has already been a problem the, the, so the you know the, the, there's an amount of people who didn't want it to happen who are really pleased about it but in reality um, there'll be a whole lot of those people who didn't want it to happen who were still in a bad way because the, the, the implications and the outcome is already is, is already kind of happening and if anything this just makes it a complete waste of time the the, the reason why it seems to have resonated with a lot of people around here um is that nobody seems to win now this is a spending decision this is and 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 on so many levels it doesn't work so let's let's unpack a few levels at how it doesn't work well first and foremost you promised something to Leeds and Leeds not going to get it so Leeds is going to be unhappy that now um, there aren't going to be that route that it was promised to to, in, to to improve the journey times is not now going to happen. And it's not going to uh, link Leeds to part of the Midlands and it's also not bring about the, the, the benefits they're expecting. So that's one. Obviously, the people of Manchester will be fairly happy because they're still getting the bit that they were expecting to get. But the other bits that they were expecting to get have been watered down. So the links across um, what I think was HS3, or called HS3, which is the links across um, the, the Pennines, that's all been massively watered down. The extra tracks that we're going to be put into place, which are crucial if you want to increase capacity um, on the rail network, they've now gone. Those extra tracks mean, A, you're going to struggle to actually make improvements to times, um, because if you have a single rail running in one direction... Um, the only way you make those trains faster is to cut down the number of stops they make. 
And the problem with that is that you then have all these stations on that particular rail line that aren't being served anymore because you've taken all the trains off that were stopping at individual stations to allow you to put a train that goes from Manchester, stops at Huddersfield and stops at Leeds, and that's the only place that it stops. So actually you've disenfranchised people um, because theoretically you're taking um, stops away because the only way you could run the two services side by side and give the speed improvement would be to have a second track that so a faster train goes on one track and a slower train goes on another track and it enables you to do multiple things at the same time. So getting rid of the track has already caused a problem. The other reason why getting rid of the track has uh, caused a major problem is because you can't move freight because freight runs so much slower. So we've just got out of Comp 26 and if actually we're going to um, improve our emissions then one of the things we really need to do is to take heavy haulage and, and heavy trucks off the road now you can i'm assuming we're not going to go back to putting things on barges so the only alternative your two alternatives are a you fly it well that's not going to that's not going to work journeys are too short for a start uh, and it probably costs prohibitive but more importantly that's no better for the environment in fact it's worse um or potentially it would be worse so the next thing is you 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 put it on electrified train lines and if you can ensure that the electricity is renewable then theoretically that's a much better solution for the environment you need capacity on the rail network to do that so if our our cop arguments and our net zero targets and all these things are going to mean anything we're going to have to make some difficult decisions which is going to mean investment and we've decided against investment this week We've also decided to not only disenfranchise small stations, we're taking out complete places. We're not doing any of the links to Bradford. And here's the point, and Keir Starmer put this, how the hell can you level up if you can't actually guarantee decent connectivity for a, a, a city like Bradford? And therein lies the essence of the problem. The fact is that HS1, which is a big project in the south, has gone through, it's been done, it's been paid for, finished as we start to move north these projects are getting whittled down and whittled down and whittled down moving about in the north is you know in a car is relatively relatively good but on public transport is virtually impossible journey times of you know 15 20 miles to allow people to commute from the outskirts of places like manchester and leeds and sheffield are, are really really complicated and are really really you know i mean try and get from leeds to sheffield on a train Try and get from Leeds to Sheffield on a train. It is virtually impossible and it will take you an absolute age and there's one train about every two to three hours. And therein lies the root of the problem. So we've got through Slees and, on the, and, and and let's have another crack at, at, at you know, another own goal and, and what's announced this week, whether you, you thought the eastern leg of HS2 was worth it or not. Everything that's come along with this decision means that essentially the government's pretty much pretty much annoyed everybody in this part of the world. Thursday. I managed to get to my first gig um, since lockdown started. Technically, it's my second because we did the live stream 
um, with with Steve H uh, in Oxford last Christmas, but there was nobody there, so it wasn't a gig in that respect. I was just part of a live stream. So my first gig where I went and sat in the audience and watched a band since uh, since lockdown, and it was fantastic. It's not going to come as any surprise to find out it was Marillion. Uh, it was the Bridgewater Hall in in Manchester, and it was just a joy to be there and 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 do that normal thing in the same way it was when I went to see the the, the you know the Bond movie. Um, they they were great. Um, they were uh, they were they played well. Uh, the show was funny. It was you know it was two and a quarter hours. Um, the 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 hall is fantastic. Uh, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice to arrive home with ringing ears, having not arrived home with ringing ears for ages. And um, and they played a track. They played a track um, called the release which uh, was a B-side from the very first album Marillion's I got into an album called Season's End and um and it's a it's a wonderful track I'm a big big fan of this track I think it's great I think it would make a fantastic single in fact there's the, there's the starting of a little kind of Facebook campaign really I think about getting the release released as a single because I think it would I think it would really work but because it's not one you hear very often when it kicked in it's a proper live track it's got a, a real bounce about it um, and and so I've decided to to name the episode this week uh, after that particular track because there was that element of release as well about getting to uh, a gig. It was funny when the band walked on stage um, before a note had been played, they got a standing ovation. And I think that was just the outpouring from everybody of being back in a room, you know, with their band. And it doesn't matter who it is and who the band is. Anybody going to see whoever would have felt the same way. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter who you're going to see. When you get in that room with those people and that band, you will feel the same way. And we certainly all felt um, all felt that way uh, last night. Friday. I mentioned at the beginning that I wanted to get through this before the trouble started. Um... All I mean by that is I had my COVID booster uh, today. Um, and it was quite different, actually, to the first two jabs. Um, because with the first two jabs, which were AstraZeneca, wandered in, had the jab, wandered out. Uh, and, you know, and, and it was a, a real whiz of people through this place. Literally, you, I was in there minute, minute and a half. Um, tonight, I was in there quite a while. Um, and that was down to the fact that there seemed to be more questions tonight, or they seemed to they didn't take as they seemed to take longer about the process of actually giving you the the vaccination. Uh, it was the Moderna uh, vaccine, um, and so there were a few more questions in terms of just checking. They didn't check dates actually as to when initial vaccinations were, but just checking on health and this, that, and the other before the uh, before the the booster was administered. And then um, the Moderna vaccine has a higher, uh, there's a slightly increased chance of uh, anaphylactic shock. So they keep you there for 15 minutes afterwards, just in case there's an incident and they need to administer adrenaline. Um, so that added to the whole thing, which gave it, gave it a slightly different vibe because there was then this weird kind of socially distanced seating arrangement that was going on. Um, that involved people kind of moving into different places and it was far more regimented than it was before. I'm not saying it's more regimented because there was a second stage to it, it all felt a little bit different. Whereas last time it was just, you came in a door, you wandered, you sat, sat at a booth, 
you, you got jabbed, you, you you got wheeled straight out. Whereas where there was this there was this second kind of phase. So now I'm just I'm waiting to see what happens next. Um, I've had a lot of anecdotal evidence to say that there's a you know, there's, there's a good chance I could feel fairly ropey for the next you know sort of twelve to twenty four hours, but it'd probably take about six hours to kick in. So there's a good chance I could have a fairly naff day tomorrow, and we'll just have to wait and see what what if that manifests itself. It didn't must manifest itself at all with a flu jab, but it could very well manifest itself with with this. So we'll just have to wait and see. The my arms a bit achy. It's already I've already got that kind of that jab ache, arm ache, which probably will stiffen up a little bit more um overnight. But I did I'd, I'd half I'd half thought about finishing this off to you know tomorrow morning maybe and get so I've got time to get it out before nine o'clock, which is when it's due to go out. But I thought, do you know what? If I take a turn for the worse, because last time I didn't on, on my first jab, I struggled. I I, I didn't sleep uh, at all in the evening, which created the problem and and left me feeling really tired and quite quite flu like the next day. So um, so it's like, well, I don't want to leave this hanging over. I've had a run this morning, so I'm going to think about a run tomorrow. So hopefully tomorrow is fairly clear uh, in case you know in case there's a bit of a reaction. But you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, I've a bit of that feeling that I had last time of yeah, it's 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 done, and you know, I've never been. It's four jabs now this year. Four jabs, unbelievable. So that was the whole get it sorted before the trouble starts kind of vibe at the at, at the beginning, really. Um, though in essence, it's taken me quite a while to record tonight because I've just dropped in and dropped out. So it's not kind of worked in 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 quite the same quite the same way. Uh, I hope you well. Uh, for those who are still due to go and see Marillion this week or next week, because there's some more gigs coming up. I hope you have a great time uh, as and when it as and when it happens. Um, and for everybody else, just take care, stay safe, and I'll speak to you soon. If you've enjoyed therapy for me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>